1: Discounts not available in all states and situations.:
2: There's no place to escape to. This is the last hot oh, on the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started.
1: What was that?: oh, Did you guys wake up today? Just so sad that you'll never kiss Stephen Hawking's on his tiny lips.
3: Yeah, that was sad. That's what I thought. The one that got away. Kind of slowly, He's got a still smile got like
1: a Pomeranian. Mm. And, but he was so smart,
3: Jenny. He's so smart. He was. He was like the Norbert of scientists. The, honestly, one of the... Tuna tuna melts my heart, and Norbert, my two favorite uh, dogs. I love Doug the Pug, but come on.
1: But he managed to cheat on his wife using nothing but the weird nubbin that he must have had left, or just rubbing his knees against her vagina or something in a wheelchair.
3: That is the greatest encouragement ever for a child to get into science. (laughs) Get into the arts, get into science, and you can find love too. All right, welcome to the last podcast. On the left, I am Ben Kissel. I'm staring at Marcus Parks, beautiful teeth thank you and we got in morning henry zabrowski i know you're <laughs> devastated i shaved my pubic hair in
1: morning <laughs> just so that my the top of my penis would be completely bald for god to see
3: i hide nothing but it's a strange tradition to, it is to, to show it's your Polish. sadness Yes. all Polish. right All right. Well, speaking of, uh, I guess speaking of pubic hair, thank you. You're going to want it if you live in Alaska because it's cold. All right. We're going to talk. The story today uh, takes place in Alaska. It's about this dude, Robert Hansen. John Cusack played him in the movie The Frozen Ground. He was too handsome for a role for the first time ever. He does a very
1: good understated job, and so does Nick Cage, very understated to the Buried. point where it's like he wasn't even trying and it's an hour and 45 minutes and so it long. could be boiled down to a 17 minute film yes <laughs> it's almost like they were just there to collect a
2: paycheck all right let's set the scene here all right anchorage alaska june 13th
3: 1983 oh. there's a bold eagle evidently in the sky <laughs>
2: A young woman named Cindy Paulson,
4: handcuffed and terrified, flags down a truck driving past a used car lot in the middle of the night. The girl tells the truck driver she'd just escaped from a pilot at Merrill Field who was in the process of forcing her to board his Piper Cub light aircraft. The
2: pilot's plan had been to take her out into the wilderness, set her loose, and hunt her down like an animal. And she'd believed him because she'd seen his house. The basement was filled with hunting trophies, bearskin rugs, wolf hides, goat heads, and stuffed ducks. (laughs) It was obvious this man knew how to hunt and knew how to kill.
3: I've been a detective for 30 years, and I'll tell you one thing. If I see a stuffed duck, I know they're guilty.
2: And it was obvious this man had done it to a woman before. Imagine the type of man who would do such a thing. Imagine what sort of monster a person
4: would have to be to hunt down a woman in cold blood. Now imagine that guy is Elmer Fudd, and that's Robert Hansen.
1: Be very, very quiet. (laughs) I'm hunting waities.
3: Oh, that's horrible, Elmer. That is a horrible thing for you to do. You used to hunt rabbits, and dare I say ducks. I actually blame. What was the name of the famous rabbit there?
4: Uh, Bugs Bunny. You y- forgot Bugs y- you would, Bunny's name. What is with you? Are,
3: are you? Are you having
4: you would, a blood clot? Is it
3: moving up? Is it going up your neck? He would dress like a lady sometimes. Maybe that put the thought in Elmer's <laughs> head. So sh- you're saying
1: just because he dresses I, in women's clothes, that is an excuse for him to be hunted down by a man with a no, speech impediment? Yeah, no. So you're. So I you never were,
3: supported Elmer Fudd. I always was on TV. Bugs. You're flip flopping all over the place. No flip. You just blamed
4: Looney Tunes for a serial killer.
3: Hey, man. What you put into your mind, you bring out. (laughs) I don't know.
4: (laughs) So Robert Hansen, a.k.a. the Butcher Baker, was an acne-scarred, wart-covered serial killer with a speech impediment and a weird dick who killed at least 17 women in Anchorage, Alaska from 1980 to 1983, mostly by rifle. Mm. Now one thing I will t- say immediately about Robert
1: Hansen is that no one's really properly touched the story of this guy I mean right. there's been a movie Frozen Ground mm. ID Channel has done several specials on Robert Hansen, which is kind of why we decided to, sh- to start today's tone with some uh, true crime voice uh, that yeah. Marcus does so well thank you because you're born to do this <laughs> unfortunately this is how you will end your life is working for the ID channel uh, but and then mostly, he brings I think, the
3: gun to his temple. <laughs> He looks into the mirror and says, I think today's the day. A stuffed duck tells him to pull the trigger. Carolina the just day. knocking
1: on the door. Marcus, why are you narrating alone? I told you to stop. It ends in your suicide. <laughs> But the truth is, is that I think this story's got a lot to do with, um, and the reason why it's covered by ID Channel and, like, the Oxygen Network specifically is because it's really great at scaring women, and it fits with the true crime world's fascination with killing sex workers, but Mm. no one ever actually tells the real story here, which is the story of of a fucking incel gone wild. Mm.
4: Right. <laughs> now, while most mm. of our gun toting serial killers tend to spend relatively little time choosing their weapons, Bob Hansen was a gun nerd, placing him among the most insufferable nerds we have to deal with here in America.
3: Oh, my God. You know, AR stands for Armalite. <laughs> I just want to. Some people say it stands for assault rifle. It sounds, it's Armalite. <laughs> it sounds like a jelly spread. Also,
1: I always get scared of calling them gun nerds because oh, yeah. we know that they are that. But they have the
4: guns. Yes. (laughs) uh, Hansen's weapon of choice was a Ruger Mini-14 rifle, which to me kind of said, like I watched a bunch of YouTube clips, like a mm-hmm. bunch of YouTube reviews. It kind of seems like the hipster choice over an AR-15. Okay. Like the cool kids. Like, yo, you do an AR-15. I like the classic Mini-14. <laughs> here's an example.
3: To do what? what? Why know. are you giggling? To circle <laughs> it in your gun and ammo <laughs> Is magazine. Is it to kill me and my family? Is it to why take over them all? Why do you keep your gun and ammo? magazine sort of pointing at your Playboy. Well, <laughs>
4: uh, here is an example of one of today's gun nerds having a conversation with himself on YouTube about the Mini 14.
1: Welcome back to Gun and Shot TV, and today I was gonna talk about the Ruger Mini 14. Um, I'm not a huge AR fan, not that the AR is a bad system, it just for some reason visually didn't appeal to me. Oh god. So I did want a gun that would shoot two two three. Um, or 5.56 five, because that is the cheapest center fire rifle cartridge you're really going to get. So, um, <laughs> after much looking around, I found a pretty good deal on a new in box stainless. And wood, which is the color combo that I wanted, um, Ruger Good. Mini 14. <laughs> Please put the gun down. Please put the gun down. And also, you're not on Gun & Shot TV. You're on the internet. It's you're on YouTube. Yeah.
3: And now... Uh... If you excuse me, I have to have my super beats because Dana Loesch, she's a babe. She told me to have super beats.
4: A Robert Hansen, described as <laughs> dippy and crater-faced with overlapping front teeth and thick horn-rimmed glasses, was described by even women who survived him as looking like a nerd straight out of central casting. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're sitting there and laughing because he comes up to you and he's like, hey, girls, hey, and it's <laughs> true he had his fucking uh his uh, pants are uh, just under his nipples shirt tucked in fucking pockmark face huge coke bottle glasses and you're like ha, 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 get out of here nerd and then all of a sudden it's which seems to be the unifying hardening sound of nerds everywhere. Yeah. Just that gun cocking
3: <laughs> back. And a, a gun nerds we're specifically talking about not people who go to Comic Con. <laughs>
4: who we love.
3: Or, or crime cons.
4: Now, and speaking of that, you know like even Robert Hansen's modes of speech were nerdy, but not in like a smart nerdy or even like a reference heavy nerdy kind of way. Uh, Hansen was what you would call a dull nerd. Mm. Possibly The worst kind Like he'd use phrases Like gee whiz And my gosh And doggone it Even when he was talking About killing women Uh, It makes it worse Yeah it makes it
1: worse because you can't talk. You can't talk like the Beave, right. and then all of a sudden you've got a chain. Oh, you have a specific chain loop in your ceiling that's built for hanging women up by. Like, there's something about it that's is his weird, what? dull, doll-like eyes, kind of yeah. like Gary Widgway. I imagine when you're like looking at him, trying to like plead for their life, and he's just like. Why is my meat talking? And like that kind of weird patina glowing over their face where you just like, oh now, that dude is now gone, whatever animals inside has taken over.
4: Now although Hanson was known for his donuts back in the 70s and 80s, today Hanson is mostly known for his imitation of the Richard Connell short story The Most Dangerous Game originally published as The Hounds of Zaroff and later adapted into The Pest, starring John Leguizamo. Oh my god, it is the plot of the past. <laughs> what? Is that real? Oh One my
3: god, stinky it dinky, is. absolutely. No. Oh, god. that makes but, me so upset. Does everything go back to the past? <laughs> I am... Oh, god.
4: Now, in the original story, the titular General Zaroff, a deranged Russian aristocrat, uses a shipwrecked big game hunter named Sanger Rainsford as prey, turning the hunter... Into the hunted Oh my Now it's not known If Hanson ever read the story Although it's not really that likely Because Hanson's IQ Was somewhere in the Gary Ridgeway Dullard area Oh But he was very organized
1: And it and it also shows the power of being very organized and what it can do for you, which is that if you never fail and you think about every single detail, that's how he covered his tracks, besides shoddy police work, as normal, right. but he covered his tracks pretty well because he was a, such a fucking insufferable nerd about every single fucking thing that he did, <laughs> So he, and he kept lists and maps, and he did checklists, all this bullshit,
4: but... Either way, whether he read it or not, Hansen's eventual M.O. was eerily similar. See, this is how General Zaroff describes the prey he hunted before Sanger Rainsford came along, as it was quoted in Manhunter by John Douglas.
1: Hmm. I hunt the scum of the earth, sailors from tram ships. A thoroughbred horse or hound is worth more than a score of them.
3: General Zargoff? That's yeah, his- dude,
4: Zarov, just Zarov.
3: Did his son go on to be what was it, uh, Zangief? Zangief. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: certain that Zangief's last name is Zarov. So Zangief Zarov, and that's a, this is canon. This is a part of the Street Fighter lore. This is a part of the that. extended universe. Okay, uh, but also the difference is, is that General Zarov was
4: fighting fighting sailor men right. and not scared women. In the dark. Mm-hmm. Mm. And for Hanson's part, he felt a lot much the same way about his victims replacing sailors with topless dancers in a classic Madonna whore complex switcheroo. Mm. Uh, women to him were either goddesses to be protected and cherished or filthy creatures that needed to be punished. And honestly like in modern times you know we already mentioned it a little bit like Robert Hansen he wouldn't be out of place on some of the darker incel subreddits. You know these guys incel involuntary celibacy is that is what they Involu- call themselves. They and,
3: call themselves incels? Uh, yes. They
4: proudly call themselves incels. They say they are oh. involuntarily celib- celibate uh, that they will never find a woman they will never Get laid, and of course, none of it is their fault. Uh, they blame well, they're too well. The two gentlemen—they're too much like gentlemen,
3: and e- like the supreme gentlemen. It, it, it's even gone
4: further than that. Like what? they they canonize uh, Elliot Roger, like he is. They the, did. They canonize him. He he's like their hero, and these guys go even further than uh, the whole like nice guy thing. The nice guy thing is a part of it, but these incel guys have taken it to the next step. Never heard like of that. they blame the rest of the world for not unconditionally accepting all of their new. Numerous faults and you know they, they want the world to just pretty much hand them a supermodel Just because they exist Because oh, they're right. men well, And Robert Hansen these days would have been One of those guys
1: I, mean, I will say yeah there's a lot of costs that come in with dating a supermodel I mean yeah. first of all you have to have several different outfits For just the different photo shoots that she's involved with Casually like you can't <laughs> just wear the same shirt Because then she doesn't get the same kind of money And if you see an out like You have to I'm, you're talking like Door bills at the Spago, at at the, at the at the Viper Room. I don't even know if people even still go to these places. I don't know. I don't know
3: if supermodels go to that. Yeah, the Viper Room is probably just—it's probably just Nikki Six at this point. Bartending and being the number one Whenever customer. Supermodels
1: go. I am not a. We don't. I don't there. know. We don't know. No, of course they go wherever they go. But I know there's a door cover, and the supermodel doesn't have to pay it. But you, as an incel, will definitely have to pay it. Probably twice. The guy's gonna look you up and down and double charge you so you have to understand you have to have some kind of steady job.
3: I don't think we've ever stumbled upon a subject that we know less about. (laughs) The life of a supermodel. No clue. Almost
4: all of Hanson's victims were exotic dancers at strip clubs in Anchorage. Places like the Kit Kat Club, the Wild Cherry, and the Gentleman's Retreat, not to mention the Great Alaskan Bush Company, which is why they outlawed Polish
1: funerals Uh, in Alaska. (laughs) What's a Polish... Funeral. Do you have to shave your pubes for my intro? Where I had to shave <laughs> my pubes in mourning. And then course. Kissel made a pubic hair joke. <laughs> I have so,
3: to. Yep, the Alaskan Bush Company, there's a dog. He'll never talk <laughs> I don't know It's a Bush Beans joke I, it, It's early it's I, okay. I don't know It's early It's 1230 p.m. <laughs> well when you put the p.m. in there then, then it's Well really... not
1: according to the 12 bud limes <laughs> Then it's always early
4: morning
3: You always say I've never drunk a bud lime in my life uh, <laughs> I know
1: for a fucking fact that you have
4: No I, I, I don't seen, think that I have I've seen you drink, drink a bud lime on the road If it was
3: free yeah. <laughs> If it was free that's a different story. I
4: think we were at a bar in DC, and you drank oh, a bud well,
1: lime. I well, seem to remember being yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, it's like you take the tropics with you." Like you were saying <laughs> something like that at like five people that weren't listening.
3: Uh, what's What's new?
4: <laughs> no, Robert Hansen was so detached from these women as humans that in his confession, he nonchalantly referred to his serial killing as quote. A summertime project.
1: What a jackass. Which shows how little he thought of it. Yeah. And also, again, about his extended game. To me, Robert Hansen is very similar to a Jerry Brudos, where actual, a a part of his pathology was having a family and kids and a career. Mm. That was like a part of his. What he'd get pleasure out of was seeing, like, look how I can hold all of this other shit together and also be a fucking maniacal supervillain on the other side, which is what how most incels view their entire life. Mm-hmm.
4: And with that, let's get into the life of a Robert Hanson. Robert Hansen was born February 15th, 1939, to a frail woman named Edna and a severe Danish man named Christian. Oh, now,
3: as very Danish name, very Danish Christian. Is yes. it? No, it's not. It's, yeah, it's it technically
1: is. no. A real Danish name is like Jörg by Harsk
3: <laughs> No, Hans Christian Andersen. He was an author. Wow,
4: and a Danish one at that.
3: And a Danish one. Was he? Do you, you know that for up. sure? My mother you cheated. was very into him. No, I don't you know, I'm not know. You cheated and you looked <laughs> this
1: up before the podcast, no, I so didn't. you could pretend to know something about Denmark. No,
3: I know a lot about Denmark and a whole series of other kind of marks.
4: <laughs> no, we all. No, with serial killers it's either the mother or the father who does the number and in this case it was most definitely the father robert hansen was a constant disappointment to his dad even as far down as to what hand robert wrote with as was the style at the time christian forced his son to write with his right hand instead of his dominant left and this Forced switch, scrambled Robert's brain and saddled him with a debilitating stutter that he would carry for the rest of his life. I, and it's
1: interesting because there's a lot of people that were forced to do that. My mom was beaten pretty severely in Catholic school to switch from left to right. Uh, and it changed her whole life. I don't know if that's why we're all
3: the way we are all like like my family. <laughs> I don't think it goes down the line. I don't think I don't think so. I hope not. I I mean, ripples. it could
1: ex- I'm looking Maybe. for an explanation. I'm looking for somebody to tell me something because everyone I yell at has got no answers. <laughs> but you I for him, I think he was already on the way. And I feel like there's a lot of things. It's kind of like Fucking not to celebrate John Wayne Gacy's father, but he's <laughs> x rayed visioned into his son and saw something fucking weird about him. And he thought the way to do it was to beat and deride, and this is how I'll make him a strong human being. Where and also uh, there was a part of it where he Christian looked at Robert, was like, You are disappointing me, <laughs> and he wanted to force him to be a tall, straight Danish man, and meanwhile, like, you have fucking Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors as your
4: son, <laughs> right. and you
3: and it drives you insane. Yeah. You I know mean, what I didn't like doing? Left-handed layups.
4: <laughs> oh, left-handed mem- layups are the worst. The worst. Oh, yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Yeah, and, you know, these guys, they were... Awful fathers, of course. Of course like, like yeah. both. That, like, we're definitely not saying that this was the right way to go about it. But oh, look at did. their sons <laughs> said, Look at their sons. They did that. They did. Yeah, they did it the wrong way because with kids course, like this, you course. can fucking. I'm like, not celebrating them. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't. There wasn't a bunch say, of. Books. You did use the word "celebrate" in the same sentence as John Wayne Gacy's father. But he did say, "I, just, I don't
3: want to celebrate uh, John Wayne Gacy's see, father." But then he did. Yeah, see, that's the thing. He said, John "I don't want to
4: celebrate John Wayne
3: Gacy's father,"
4: but then he did. Right.
1: They were technically right, they just didn't realize it until afterwards. If they turned out to be people that invented headphones or they committed suicide at the age of 25, they would definitely be wrong. Yeah.
2: Today's sponsor for Last Podcast on the Left is the new horror thriller where silence means survival. A Quiet Place, starring Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Lee, Evelyn, and their two children have survived in a post-apocalyptic world by finding ways to keep quiet and avoid summoning vicious sound-detecting predators. But how long can this family survive in a world where any sound they make could be their last? Now I checked out the trailer and this does look like a pretty solid post-apocalyptic thriller, which as far as like horror movie subgenres go, I gotta say post-apocalyptic thrillers are among my favorites. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be going seeing this movie in the theaters when it comes out. And when does it come out, you may ask. A Quiet Place will be in theaters April 6th. That's A Quiet Place, starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, in theaters April 6th.
4: Now that stutter that Robert had, he could keep it under wraps well enough as he got older, but it always came out when he felt as if he was losing control, and it was a, just a constant presence when he was a kid. For the father's part, Chris Hansen was a local baker in the Iowa town of Pocahontas, a town so boring that they have a whole <laughs> heading on their Wikipedia page about a big tornado that touched down outside of town a few years ago. There's no deaths or destruction or even injuries or anything like that. It's just really, really big. So the biggest news of the day was there's a storm near here. <laughs> yeah. No, it was not even the biggest news of the day. It was the biggest news of the decade. It happened like in 2011.
3: Well, that's pretty cool. I heard a tornado <laughs> and it touched down near there. <laughs> that's pretty It could fun. definitely pump up that this
1: is the birthplace of Robert Hansen and just become one of those true crime meccas like Ed Gein's small town Honestly,
3: did. just lean in. Uh, Why yeah. not?
4: No, the only thing that they, uh, the only famous person, they talk about two famous people on their Wikipedia page. It's um, it's uh, an anti-war activist whose name I can't remember, okay. uh, and a middling baseball player uh, named Larry Bittner.
3: Larry oh, Bittner, the Bittner.
4: <laughs> yep, had about a two point four or uh, batting average. That's yeah. better than me. I'll tell <laughs> you that. <laughs> oh,
3: great. It's not great, but well, that's okay.
4: Yeah, uh, it's fine. But even though baking was the family business, little Robert wanted nothing to do with it, although he was still forced to work there most days, all while his father yelled at him for how worthless he was. I
1: don't
3: think that's a problem.
1: Well, maybe if he stopped being worthless.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if
1: it gets down to a point, the yelling will stop if you get to be a better baker. And this is (laughs) bakery, so this is at 4.45 in the morning. Right. (laughs) Every single (laughs) time.
3: But it's good to teach a kid a skill like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
4: Bob did have a skill, though. Uh, He had a real passion in life, and that was his bow and arrow And his throwing knives okay. oh. He would practice for hours Behind his dad's bakery Obsessed with the skills needed
2: To achieve a silent kill
3: Like Bo Jackson <laughs> Like Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson He makes his own arrows uh-huh. That's what he, After he retired he's like What else can I dominate? The world Just <laughs> nature It's really amazing
1: but he was a sports star first.
3: Yes, and he's a very good man from mm-hmm. what I understand. Yeah.
1: Robert Hansen wasn't even a baker first. Right, he just liked true. knives. And yes. then I, it's weird to say that it's your your passion yes. is throwing knives. <laughs> like I understand. I like the the slingshot guy, that German slingshot guy on YouTube. You know that guy? No,
4: I don't know that guy. He's good. At you don't know though. that guy?
1: No, you got it. His name is like Grishlash and he does like crazy slingshots and now he makes money from doing it on YouTube and that makes a lot of sense because you can monetize it using YouTube nowadays. Robert Hansen didn't know that, so what
3: was he getting out of it besides just creeping everybody out? (laughs) Perhaps on this week's last stream on the left every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on adultswim.com, I'll have one of those videos for you, Henry. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: they're awesome. (laughs) Naturally, in school, Bob was less than popular, partially due to him being the weird knife kid in school who had the mean Danish dad, but mostly because kids can be extremely cruel when it comes to someone with a stutter... Especially back then.
1: All right. Stutters a pretty debilitating
4: speech impediment. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's extremely hard to get over. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very difficult and it fucks with you mentally, but there's not just bad stutterers like Robert Hansen. You got to remember there's also famous stutterers like uh, James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Was he
3: a stutterer? He was. Really? Oh yeah, He okay. was. Yes.
1: And Bud Scheinberg. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Bud Scheinberg? Famous stutterer, according to this list I'm I'm looking at. Did you just
3: Google famous stutterers? Yes. All right.
4: (laughs) Then, when Bob approached teenage years, things only got worse.
3: They didn't get better. They did not. Not during the glorious teenage years that we all had.
4: (laughs) Bob developed an awful case of severe acne bad enough to deeply scar him for the rest of his life. It became one of his, it became his defining physical characteristic. At Mm. least the one you can see, wink wink, which we'll talk about later. Mm. Do people
1: like him and Robert Crumb, is there like a disease that you get like, is it like a nerd disease that comes? <laughs> like, honestly, because some people just get the slam-bam full
4: deck of nerd problems, mm-hmm. like, immediately, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Either. No, I had, a, I had a friend in, uh, in college named Dirk. That was the exact same way.
1: Why did it happen to Dirk? (laughs) Dirk should have been fucking, like, the the opposite of his name. If there was a purpose to the universe, he would have grown up, like, six and a half feet tall, like a (laughs) a member of the lacrosse
4: team. Yeah, Dirk. But that's the thing. Dirk turned it around. He's doing great now. Having an awesome time out in Washington, D.C. Hey, perfect. Yeah, he turned it around, but Robert Hansen did not no we did not no, no. and hansen he was just the butt of everyone's jokes all throughout high school he just i mean because you know the guy had a horrible stutter and just a face Full of pus filled pimples. Oh, I mean well. it just it covered it from forehead to chin. I mean it's like what I imagine like one of these towns, it's like this is one of those towns where like the teachers join in. Hey, uh
1: hey Robert, hey come here, hey hey, hey Robert, come here, is it It's a funny okay. little joke. Hey, listen. Me and the buddies here know we've been making fun of you quite a bit for your your acne and your stutter and your stooped way you walk around and how you can't speak to a woman and you never look at anybody in the eyes and you're always playing with knives. But let me ask you a question, okay guys. Guys, guys, guys! Shut up, shut up, shut up, guys! <laughs> What's your favorite TV show? I I love the show about the little ponies.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's
3: a new one. Thank you oh, for giving man. us all a new one. You made him a brony. No problems if you're a brownie, no but my goodness.
4: <laughs> but instead of just getting over his high school bullshit and growing up like all the rest of us did, because we all had high school bullshit. It's an absolute fucking
3: nightmare. Some of us have it worse than others, yes, but... Everyone's, the bullies are miserable, the ones being bullied are miserable, but the ones being bullied are sometimes bullying people. It's a whole, it's a cesspool of horribleness. Well, instead
4: of getting over it, Bob just let that pain fester into a nerdy rage that would explode sooner Rather than later. Uh oh. Hanson tried gaining respect where he could, like a lot of these guys do, by like joining the volunteer fire department or signing up for like the junior police instructor program, Uh, but none of it stuck. No one gave a shit. Well, because he thought that that's how you got respect
1: And we see the uh-huh. same thing with David Berkowitz Who say the same thing with the old fucking Bumblebutt Casey. where they think that if you If you join into this This series of, of a program Where people wear uniforms people have to Respect me and then Oof. you're doing it out of Spite you're doing it from your own Bully mentality you've been bullied into Being a cop right. you believe and you think Then now I have control Because authority is going to give me all the backup I need because I don't have the spine to stand Up for myself this
3: is a recipe for a Horribly abusive police officer. Yes, it is.
4: So, when Bob graduated high school, he didn't become a cop. He tried for the last avenue of institutionalized respect that he could think of the army.
3: Oh, His- no, honestly,
4: remember though, this is not everybody who joins
1: the army. No, we're talking of about not. these, speci- we're talking about these oh, fuckers. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about like these kinds of guys that replace the idea of self-respect and honor with what they can get out of these systems. Oh, yeah. Because that's that's really what it is. It's because the, the idea is that they want to use these systems for what they can exploit other people
3: while using the systems Yeah, for. most people who get into the army are like, really, they're doing it for an education? Yeah. Or they have a, they have a passion for it.
4: No, every listener we have that's either, uh, you know, a police officer or, you know, in the army or any kind of armed forces, you all know this guy. Like, you, all of you are thinking about a very specific... Specific person right now as we talk about Robert Hampton. It's the guy whose gun is the cleanest and his bed is like
1: weirdly made diagonal. And he like he's allergic to certain foods inside of the the, at the mess hall, and he won't eat them. And everyone, but he's just like, I just wish they'd give me extra corn. But they said it's against the dietary needs
4: for a soldier.
3: Yeah, that's why. That's really what turned me off to the military. Yeah, what beds? The making of. a tight bed. Yeah. How do you do it? Every day. I've never understood how people do it. <laughs> you go to, We go to the hotels, we stay there, you come back, to bed's like that, I don't get it. Too tight. I don't Too like tight.
4: it. I always Too tight. Too tight. I always bring it out every All time. Right.
1: The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now, you bet your dog. But you're going to learn about Bark. To a company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay! Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. <coughs> no, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers! My dogs love their toys selectively, but BarkBox sends good little ones for the little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats. And oh, they love their life and they love the they love what Barkbox brings. Because Barkbox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to Barkbox.com slash L-E-F-T.
4: happened right across the river here in New York City. Really? Robert, being the good little soldier that he was, earned the distinction of being one of the USO's Soldiers of the week. Hey. And was given a day pass to explore the city. <laughs>
1: it sounds like they were just trying to get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so the, what if we just uh, here you out. go. Uh, you won uh, let's what, so uh, what, week, can, uh, can we make something up? Can we make a uh, uh, Soldier week. of the Week? Go hit Manhattan, all right? Yeah, yeah. And if you get lost, there's a lot of opportunities in Manhattan that you can take and, and take advantage of.
4: There, Robert and a couple of other good soldiers headed downtown and hired a professional to finally pluck Bob's flower.
3: It's a different time than now. Now he would just be at a Dos Caminos eating (laughs) guacamole, maybe going over to. We got to go to Dallas barbecue. Got to go to Dallas barbecue. It's like you're in Dallas, but we're in Times Square, so it's like super annoying. What is sad
1: about this? What's sad about this result? Oh, nothing. This is a great result.
3: I actually. I I hate to say it, but I was in Times Square. I like that trashy fast you food. You don't hate to say it. I kinda like Times Square. Sometimes if no one's there, but it's always kinda busy.
4: Of course. Yeah, oh yeah, Times Square is always kinda busy. Well in the
3: winter time it's it's a little bit more uh relaxed. Yeah, Yep, that is true. Yeah. That is
4: true. <laughs> it's not relaxed,
3: it's desolate.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a lonely Well now that experience. the Ameri- Guy Fietti's
3: American grill is gone, so what's what's the point? When when was your last trip to an olive garden? Oh, Olive Garden's not for me. I don't particularly <laughs> care for soup. I don't particularly care for sa- uh, for salad, let alone unlimited amounts of, <laughs> m- amounts of things that I don't care for. Uh, That's not meat, the only thing CGI they serve there. It's an
1: Italian food restaurant. They no. get, you can get pasta. You can get chicken parmesan. You can get no. the tour to Italy.
3: No, no. <laughs> well, about Robert's
4: experience with a lady of the night mm. in New York City, the first his very first time, he said, quote, uh, I got to feel it, but that was
1: about it. Everything was strictly slam-bam. Thank you, ma'am. I didn't even get a hug, and I wasn't allowed <laughs> to sleep in the bed. Uh,
3: actually, now that I think about it, he's kind of like the dude that Katy Perry kissed on American Idol. Yeah? Who was like, that? Yes. I was saving it for someone special. I'm like, you're 20, <laughs> and Katy Perry <sighs> kissed you. You're fine.
1: Yeah, he just definitely felt, too, cause you too, because you see it immediately right now. His rest of his life he worked with sex workers And his victims were sex
3: workers Do you think he was taking him out Because of this?
4: I don't think so because of this It's a weirder pathology than that But I'm not saying that it is because of that But
1: as we learned with all serial killers, right? There's seeds that get planted. Right. There's a shit that happens early on that start little memories. And so his reaction immediately to his buddies doing a wartime, what is supposed to be like army men having a timeout, like boys being boys, going to see a sex worker, having a good time. He turned into a whole thing of like, he was supposed to fall in love with this woman. Uh, like this was supposed yeah. to be something crazy. So you could see, I imagine his buddies were like, yeah exactly It's slam bam Thank you man That's what you a sex work. For. The whole thing Yeah whole, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We're not We're trying not to have a girlfriend That's the whole point Is that we're in a fucking army We're trying to have a good time And then he So I mean That's like a weird thing Immediate His reaction Yeah he's
3: just complaining It's just sex It's literally if I was like So it's just soup And salad as the <laughs> yes, sir. yes sir Yes sir That is what soup. the deal is sir <laughs>
4: And that's another like kind of incel thing too where you know people tell us like yeah just yeah if you have such a hard time you know just kind maybe go to a professional and you know just kind of get it over with and they're like no I want it to be special. I want it to be the woman I fall in love with and it's like ah man you just first can't time have is, it every ugh, way. I you just know. can't the first have time it. is literally Everyone's never weird. special. Yeah.
1: It is never once ever special.
4: No, no one is my the first time
1: having, having sex is just it's just <laughs> And you're just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It ends with I'm sorry. And and the rest of the times, hopefully, it doesn't end with I'm sorry. Because if it does end with I'm sorry, you're on your way to becoming a serial killer every (laughs) single time.
3: All right, let's move Uh. on.
4: (laughs) So after basic training, Robert returned to Pocahontas. But the army had done nothing to temper the rage he'd felt for his school and everyone inside. And to make matters worse, the police chief took His junior police instructor rank away Partly because He was getting to be too Fucking old for that sort of thing Uh, What do you mean I'm,
3: I'm 34 Years old and I can't be a junior Police inspector
4: but no. No. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> no.
1: We, we all we all look at each other and we've all decided, no, nah,
3: nah, 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 get the fuck out of here. He's like, ni- what is he here? 19, 18 years 19. old? He's He's 19. 19. He's 19, oh. Oh. 19 yeah, years so old. so definitely too old.
4: Yeah, but it was also partly because the police chief had seen Robert Hansen still at 19 sitting in the back of his dad's bakery still. Throwing knives at targets over and over and over again, and the police chief actually like came back and asked him, like, so what are you what are you doing back here?" And Robert would like throw a knife. He goes, "You see how silent that was?" And then he get his bow and arrow out and shoot. Him. He goes, "It's really silent, right? Like like no one could ever hear you coming. Nobody could ever hear you." And that's when
2: the police chief ah. was like,
4: "Ah, uh, you can't." Be a part of our whole operation.
3: He should have said auditioning for the Johnny Carson show.
1: (laughs) Honestly, now with America's Got Talent, there's a
4: lot of excuses for horrible, weird hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) It was about this time that Robert's need for revenge started taking actual form. At nineteen years old, Robert started hanging out with the high school kids who worked at his dad's bakery, and he formed his own little delinquent gang.
3: So he's finally he's finally cool. F- he's to the high school of kids. Course, at of course, of course, he's that guy.
4: He's like hanging out with these ragtag
1: group of newsies that have formulated <laughs> around this loser that he is. He has now he has control. This is what he wanted. Like he likes to have his little group of people that will look up to him because everybody else. Ex- ex- treats him like the mouth-breathing like the mouth-breathing loser that he is. Right. Yeah.
4: Now, this gang's first project was to blow up a tractor in the nearby town of Rolf, but that huh. was just practice. Okay. Their ultimate small-town Batman villain scheme was to blow
2: up the town water tower, <laughs> which would somehow show them all who's boss.
3: But uh at some point, you know, Robert, we're going to need to drink water.
1: <laughs> yeah, but think about how stinky we'll all be for a week.
3: Yeah. So really and how gonna, wet oh.
1: it'll be when the splashes come down and the squirrels and the dogs get all wet.
3: So like We're kind of punishing ourselves in a certain way, but...
1: Well, it's kind of like if I punish myself... It's like it is urban animals, so I'm p- 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 punching. Let's blow every up to the tractor. <laughs> Let's
3: <It'll laughs> the tractor. We'll talk about the water later. <laughs> but that was the
4: ultimate stroke in their master plan. That was the end game. There was one institution that needed Robert's attention before all the others the school. Robert said this about the school in his confession. I just hated that place with a divine passion. I would do anything and everything I
1: could think of to get back at that monster school that I convinced myself was out to do old Bob Hanson personal wrong.
3: <laughs> oh man, now I'm just thinking of a school with like Frankenstein and Dracula. Maybe Braun Strowman. I'll throw him in there. That's a monster school. That's a great television show. No, do that, you already?
4: We- that already happened. That was no, a not, car- no. that was a
3: cartoon. No, that like no, wasn't years monster in, school.
4: in the 90s it yeah was it was called mon- monster school well it was a monster high school it's a high school that was populated completely by monsters yeah but i don't think it
3: was called monster school
4: <laughs> you're right you're right no, technically marcus monster is high. right but but still
1: keep in your brain because we can always revamp it
4: revamp <laughs> no the new one is called monster high i think the other one was called like dracula inc
1: oh, oh ah. Yeah. Ah, very good all right but think about how lame that is that at 19 You want to
4: blow up the high school. Yeah, you're out. Like, you're out. Get out. You went to the
1: army. You saw the city.
4: You did all of this shit. You still want to blow up your high school? Right. The name of the high school, Gravedale High.
3: So you Uh. weren't even close. (laughs) Gravedale,
4: cool. (laughs) Gravedale, yeah. Rick Moranis was in it. It was great. No kidding. Yeah, I used to love it. So, Robert Hansen, in order to get back at his school and everyone in it, mind you, about two years after he graduated, he figured there was only one thing. He could do.
2: Burn down the bus barn.
4: No, that's where the bus
1: babies are. Oh, I see. Because the buses go there when the, when all the lights go out and it's nighttime, that's when the buses can finally make love without the prying eyes of man.
3: You're having like a Thomas the Tank triple X fantasy. Can
4: we look that up to see if that is real? Oh, yes, we can. There is
3: no way. I don't know, dude, there's
4: a Spongebob Triple X.
3: Yeah, but SpongeBob is at least his arms and Spongy legs. SpongeBob at least has got
1: pants on that hides a cock. You know what I mean? Because if you give a cartoon pants, then you can theoretically give it a cock because the pants are covering something up. I suppose
3: that's true.
4: Huh. Boy, when you put in Thomas the Tank Engine to Pornhub, some real weird stuff comes up. All
3: right, all very right. good. Let's move on. <laughs> so he's burning down. Let's get back to Arson, shall we?
4: <laughs> well, one night, while most of the town was attending a big basketball game, Robert Ugh. and his underlings took the opportunity to strike. Oh. They t- I like in, in the idea of
1: in Pocahontas, the the best basketball team is the generals from Harlem Globetrotters. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's the team that goes on to f- play the Harlem Globetrotters and get the shit beat out of them. Who
3: do you think wins in the the Jonestown boys <laughs> or these Pocahontas? The Pocahontas squad. Oh
4: uh, gee, I wonder what the Pocahontas uh, high school mascot was. Uh, something right. racist. Yeah, I think
3: we I think we know.
4: <laughs> so Robert and his gang took a can of gas, doused the barn, and lit it on fire. And Bob, who hadn't been kicked out of his volunteer fire department gig yet, received double pleasure from the act when he got to return to watch the whole thing burn to the ground. All right three of the school's seven buses were rendered rendered totally useless, infuriating the school superintendent, Waldo Mick, who also Uh happened to be... I think I can see him biting his hat. And Waldo Mick happened to be one of Robert Hansen's father's closest friends. Okay. Because that's what Robert Hansen liked to do. He just liked to poke his dad in the eye. He liked to poke the town in the eye, but in these little, shitty, nerdy ways. All right. Well, think about what Carl Panzram did.
1: Carl Panzram burnt down half a fucking school. Like, Carl Panzram, as he was a kid, was such an already deadly predator than Robert Hansen. To me, a part of what makes Robert Hansen unique, leading up to the his his later crimes is how lame and unsuccessful a lot of his crimes were like and I think that's what kept driving him and driving him towards a weird sort of serial killer perfection is that he kept fucking up and it would infuriate
4: him yeah
3: he is a fuck up that's for sure
4: yes but it wasn't long before one of the kids who helped Robert set the bar aflame opened his mouth and made the bad decision to brag about the arson to a straight laced GI back home in Pocahontas on leave. Ugh. The GI reported it, the teen cracked, and Robert was arrested. Now, Robert denied it completely, which ripped the town asunder into pro Bob and anti Bob factions.
3: <laughs> Bro, I'm uh, I got, I'm on pro Bob. I'm pro Bob. So, so what does that mean,
1: really? We, I have to like Bob to be pro Bob because I don't, I, I, I don't, don't like know. Bob.
3: I don't know. <laughs>
4: Robert, I mean, he had people on his side, but it was mostly they were on his dad's side Mm. because Chris Hansen was like, a—I mean, he was a well-liked member of the community, but just nobody liked his son. But because they liked Chris Hansen, they're like, all right, I guess if Chris's son didn't do it, then his son didn't do it. Also a
1: running a running thing in this story mm-hmm. was the power that the community baker has over a bunch of people if you have access mm-hmm. to free carbs people will do whatever <laughs> it takes to get them yeah, people right. love bread and pastries it's yeah.
4: really weird
3: and as we've learned Hanson's specifically chris hansen's they love baked goods they put a plate of cookies in front of someone and that individual is forced to confess we've seen it on time and time and time and time they again do to catch a predator give
1: cookies to these child these traumas <laughs> And a cookie was just like,
3: "I will tell you the truth, and I must." <laughs> <laughs> He's around cookies all day. I don't know what it is with that name and cookies oh, and no, confessions. <laughs>
4: uh, Robert, you know, with half the town behind him, he even managed to somehow convince a girl to marry him. While all this was going on, he convinced another local loner named Phoebe Paget, and oh. Phoebe's parents. I did not want her to marry Robert Hansen. Anti-Bob. Anti-Bob faction. Anti-Bob faction. Oh, okay. It goes into every. everybody's got to be anti-Bob,
1: and pro-Bob is just poor Bob. poor Bob. Poor stupid, stupid Bob. And he's sitting there just going like, Phoebe, I was thinking that maybe that we could go on a date, maybe. Does that sound good to you? Uh, yeah? yeah? <laughs> what we could do is you want to see how silent I can kill <laughs>
3: Uh, I always mess shit up. Uh, I always mess shit up. I'll uh, oh marry. Uh, whoa! Yeah. Yikes! I gotta think about this for a second. Love happens for all, So many of our serial killers have have relationships. Yeah, they they really well, do. But also, it also
4: is a running theme in a lot of the serial killers we cover that uh, the wives, their parents tell them, "Don't do it." Yeah.
2: correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit com and use the store locator
4: to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration.
2: And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at com.
1: Every day, I fight to set my child up for success, which is why as I sit and read Carmi and Wendy Dune, trying to explain to them the concepts of the savior complex not working, doubling back on itself, the concept of what does it mean to be a living God? What are those limitations? What are those expectations? And honestly, I know they just want chicken, but there are kids out there that need this type of direct help. And IXL Learning Is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them understand and master topics in a fun way. Not unlike me, reading children, Dune Messiah, getting to about 365, seeing where they're at, see if they understand anything. There's no more grading these worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. You
2: can't even believe it!
1: You don't want to make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now! And last podcast in the left, listeners could get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/left. Visit ixl.com/left to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
3: Usually listen to your parents. Usually. Your parents, your yes. friends.
4: They all say, don't do it. theres I it, can't remember a single serial killer who got married uh, when the bride's parents didn't say, there's something wrong with this guy. You always so. see him coming. Yeah, Yep. they always do. But for Robert, after he got married, things started falling apart. Hanson failed a lie detector test and, in the process, somehow managed to admit That he had a plan to blow up the police chief's house.
1: You he know, probably did one of those where he's like, well, at least I didn't blow up the police chief's house. And they're like, finally, <laughs> now we can all, can we all arrest him now? Is it cool to get him?
3: So that was, that was the courteous line in the frozen ground. Oh, uh, yeah. When Cusack, this is such a cliche line during a police investigation, interrogation, and the victim comes in and he says, oh, I should have killed you when I had the chance. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, "Whoa, wow. Uh, I whoa, guess he had whoa. the chance at some point.
1: Oh. <laughs> of the frozen ground was shot as if it was shot in 2013 and it was like a formulaic formulaic crime movie was never shot before and they were constantly surprised by their own
4: choices. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, after Robert fell the lie detector test, he still said that he was innocent, but... To avoid bad publicity in Pocahontas, and he was the one that put it that way. Uh-huh. He pled guilty to put the matter yeah. to rest. Oh, good. I know how it is. I know how it is in
1: Pocahontas. Yeah. You got the Paps everywhere. You don't want to be. You don't want to be on the bad
3: side
4: of the Pocahontas Mafia. <laughs>
3: no, the Pocahontas press. I mean, they're they're tenacious.
4: <laughs> so Hansen was sentenced to a short term in Anamosa State Reformatory, but he only lasted six months before he confessed to. His new wife Who began divorce proceedings Damn near the next day Good Because imagine how
1: Sad that is Right You just got married He gets picked up For setting fire To a bus barn Yeah Many months ago He said I'm innocent I'm innocent Out of nowhere He calls you into He's at the state reformatory Because he pled guilty to the police You then are sitting there like Okay, but you've been telling me You've been done wrong And then finally he's like Yeah, I did it And I got those buses And then like like, Oh, this is done I know my last name's Paget, Which is the weirdest right. Nerdiest name in the world But I definitely can fuck higher than this Yeah, yeah. So
3: that's when the uh, The pendulum swings to the anti-Bob oh, Immediately She got infected with an anti-Bob cancer yes.
4: <laughs> But after Phoebe It was time to tell his father See, Chris Hansen had spent months since his son's sentence was handed down running petition drives to overturn the punishment telling anyone who would listen that his son was innocent. He had, Chris Hansen right. had pretty much made this his whole life. So you mean to tell me, Robert, after all this time, I combed
1: my mustache, <laughs> shaved it as tiny as society would allow me to shave my mustache. I made over 200 copies in Xerox machines putting up the flyers. Never mind the wear and tear. I put on my hiking shoes walking about town. And now you are guilty. Oof. If only the Nazis were still around, I could send them to you because that was the ultimate punishment back in the
3: day. You get the oof from a a Danish person. That's not good. Yeah. I don't think his dad was that. So what? He wanted him to write with the right hand because that's what Society wanted. That's what there I was mean. Right-handed desks, and then he worked in the bakery. He wanted his kid to just be a baker. Yeah. And he, then he tried to get him
4: out. It didn't really seem like his dad was that horrible. I don't. Like, think I mean, he was, he was just he was bad. He was shitty. Like he was At, definitely a shitty dad. But yeah. it wasn't anywhere near the level of a lot of other I serial think so. killers. Yeah, because you know?
3: his dad was trying to, the act of a, the act of petitioning as someone who did it when I successfully ran success <laughs> for Brooklyn Borough Brothers. It. Uh, you did. A you nightmare. did successfully run. I did successfully, successfully run. run. Got yeah, ballot, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got on the ballot. That's yeah, a huge you. deal. Thank you. Uh, how much was that again? How much you get? 6,000 votes. 1.8% of Brooklyn. I own it. <laughs> and that's wherever I am.
1: But yeah, he was just stern. I mean, Tiger Woods' father duct taped his hands to a baby golf club Basically. until he learned how yes, to putt. That's true. So it's like a thing where you th- these guys are, he was a stern father that was trying to make something out of
3: what he thought was his weak son. Right. Look at LeVar Ball. He's got a kid who plays for the Lakers. Not doing well, though. (laughs) LeVar Ball is actually a horrible person. Well, when the truth
4: came out, Chris Hansen was so humiliated by his son's lie that he sold his bakery, left town, and bought a resort to run in Minnesota at a place called Leech Lake.
1: Ugh. (laughs) The best part of coming down to glorious Leech Lake is if you deny the giant sea slugs that had inhabited several of the cabanas or the weird pink clouds that rained goo down on all of the trapped tourists here at Leech Lake. One thing we do have is dollar bud lines. Oh!
4: (laughs) And... When Robert was released from prison, he joined his family in Leech Lake, because there was nothing waiting for him back in Pocahontas. Okay. And fresh off that arson stent, Robert Hansen met the woman who would be his wife until the day he was caught, Darla Henriksen. Darla's two defining characteristics were these. She was a woman of strong Christian faith, Mm -hmm. of the submissive to the husband variety, and she had a deep almost blind desire to help people in need. And in Robert, she definitely found
2: someone to help.
1: Darla openly said that too. I read an interview with her later on where she said when she met him is that He was a 25 year old man Just got out of prison He was cleaning Leech Lake God knows what the fuck Was in that lake (laughs) Yeah He was out there uh, Doing stuff And she immediately said With his weird scarred face And his stutter And the way that he spoke And the way that he couldn't Make eye contact with her Was all like I could help him. Mm-hmm. That was like her first thought, being like, "Finally, I'll use my, I'll use my bosoms." Because at the time, she was tall, and they said that being tall as a woman like made you so undesirable, which drives me crazy because I think it's hot. Yeah. which look I at mean, look at fucking Natalie. I like a woman that's much taller than me because I climb them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if she was like 5 eight, she'd be three inches taller than you. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it Yeah Cool Yeah I'm fine with it
1: yeah. I'm, I'm laughing on myself
4: So over one magical summer in Leech Lake oh, the, the, Really? Is that the word you want to use? The best part Darla is you can hear the slugs
1: making love in the moonlight I actually
3: never thought about that before and I don't really want to know how that works Oh, oh. oh. oh.
4: Oh, that is nice, Robert. Uh, I'm so glad you
0: took me out
3: here. Yeah. So
4: over that summer, the two fell in love. Darla went back to school in the fall, but the two kept in touch by letter before Robert had enough and said, quote, Doggone it, we can get married. (laughs)
3: Well, that's actually a fine time to say "doggone it," because yeah. it's followed by a nice sentence. It's yeah. like "doggone it," I got guts oh. all over my arrows.
1: But all of these comments are coming from when he's inside jail for murder. Uh.
3: That's the
4: difference: is that he's recounting yeah. this now. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this uh, this isn't something like from his wedding speech. Like oh, okay. that was after. This was in the middle of him talking about hunting down women and killing. So it dogs.
3: actually was that. Okay, yeah, yeah yeah, 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 got it. Thank you.
4: And the things about getting married, they finally had the means to, because by this time, Bob had finally given in and had taken up the family trade and was becoming a successful baker in his own right, working at every supermarket who would take him in the Midwest.
3: All right. Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, he loves Safeway. Safeways. Safeways? Yeah. 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 <laughs> eh, you don't like Safeway? Yeah, man. we didn't really have a Safeway growing up. We had the Wiggly. We had a cops yeah. grocery store. We had Skags. Skaggs
4: is not Skaggs? a grocery store. That
3: is a problem. <laughs> That's an e-cig. Uh, that is not anywhere that you should ever buy meat.
4: <laughs> well, Robert. Finally settled in Minneapolis where Darla was finishing college. And as soon as she finished, the young newlyweds set their sights north almost inexplicably and moved to Anchorage, Alaska, where they opened up Hanson's
2: Bakery. All right.
1: Now, we're going to explore Alaska, which is, uh, sounds incredible. Didn't actually really think of Alaska as being a sort of paradise for serial killers, but it is. Mm. Oh, yeah. In a weird way where it's got all the kind of qualities a serial killer could ask for in terms of being remote, very little sunlight. Uh, but. It also
4: sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah.
3: I would love to go to Alaska.
4: I mean, it sounds like it sounds great now. And back in the 70s, it sounded pretty fun too. Like, All right. Well, because Anchorage was like it was kind of going through a weird time because. As back, opposed to now? <laughs> it's always been kind of a weird place, but there was like a transition time. Okay. Like back then, like Anchorage was like, a, it was the most frontier of frontier towns. It was like the last true remaining outpost for like loners and weirdos that were just looking mm. to get away from civilization. All right. But then the oil came. And with the oil came the boom. And with the boom came the workers. And with the workers came the sex workers, as they always do in a boom town of any kind. Mm.
1: Yeah, they say, and according to all the ID channel docs that I watch, it's all been like. And where the prostitutes went, smiles followed. And they go up there, it's like, because those hard pipe workers needed a place to rest their weary bottoms. And there's nothing like a nice, soft woman's lap to rest a weary bottom. And these prostitutes knew
3: it. You think the, the people who do VO ever like, are like, you sure you want me to say all that? <laughs> I, I feel a little uncomfortable. Uh.
1: They're just obsessed with prostitutes. I, de- I mean, they're obsessed oh, the with saying the word prostitutes. they, they love say it. say it like 55 times in each documentary. <laughs>
4: and streetwalkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I like streetwalkers. I like oh. it. Ladies of the Night is one of my favorites. Of course. Now, when you read the book we used for research in this episode, which is terrible, it's an awful book. The book's called Butcher Baker. They make it sound like Anchorage in the 70s was pretty much oil fields, titty bars, a couple of churches, a police station, and Robert Hansen's bakery. Hmm. If you're working in an oil field, what else do you need?
3: <laughs> Maybe there was a roller rink. You, we saw the pictures. Yeah. Marcus
4: sent all of us
1: picture I albums did, from the, the time kick. period. Yeah. It was cool that you sent that, Marcus, because it's nice to get a feel for the
4: town, and it looks sort of like St. Paul now. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a very. it was a very stark landscape, but it had like a creepy kind of charm, you know? It looked kind of fun. It looked kind of fun, but like for me, like the creepy kind of charm, like I saw a picture of a station wagon that just had the words relentless struggle painted on the side in huge (laughs)
3: letters. Maybe it was a demolition car.
4: (laughs) Anchorage in the 70s, it was like it was a town with like a Wild West feel, but still with like modern technology. It was like kind of in an odd transition period between like the frontier times of yore Mm. when Anchorage was pretty much like a Air hub like it was just a place you went through On the way to someplace else It was between that and And, like, the 80s and 90s when it became, like, ski resorts and, like, oil executives and, like, big golden the big golden towers that they have downtown now. When
3: the real sociopaths moved in. Exactly. Pretty much. Because
1: the Frontier Town side of it just sounded like it was kind of crazy, but it was also the way they sort of described it was that every man was a pipe worker and every woman that you saw was a (laughs) topless dancer or a sex worker. And I was like, whoa. That sounds kind of fun. They're like, it's just another description of a typical Anchorage woman. It's like five foot three, busty, round in the bottom, brown, tawny hair. And I was like, whoa,
4: that's the average Anchorage woman? Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it kind of looks like, you know, a filthy town for filthy people. Like, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Okay. It's like the Baltimore of the North Pole.
3: The Baltimore of the North Pole. Love our people in Baltimore. Love I all love of them. our friends love over our there. Love our people in
1: Anchorage. And honestly, if there's anybody who gives us a reason to perform in Anchorage, sadly, this episode's kind of inspired me to go there. I would love
4: it. <laughs> now, as we know, sex work is many times a transient business, and that went double for Anchorage in the in the 70s. See, Anchorage was not necessarily a place where a woman might set up permanent shop for a career in sex work. Mm. Most times, women in the trade, specifically the topless dancers, were working on a circuit on the Pacific Coast. San Diego, LA, San Francisco, Seattle, Vancouver, and finally all the way up to Anchorage. Mm. And then they had all the way back down south to start the whole thing all over again.
1: Okay. Can I ask a second a question about like the the titty circuits? Yeah. When you're on a I titty don't know circuit... The- I don't- <laughs> <laughs> think they're called that. It's not called that word titty. I mean, I think it's nice. I think oh, whatever they do is great because it makes people smile. But the part of what it is is that do they go is it like comedy where there's like bookers and they go and they basically follow the the line of bookers or I, is it a more unofficial than that I'm
3: pretty sure it's the same owners for the uh, establishments and then they kind of travel around because of that
4: Yeah yeah yeah. I remember in uh back in Texas there was like a uh, a bit of a triangle there was like a Amarillo uh, Abilene and Lubbock because mm. there was a Jaguars in each one of those cities, oh. so the women would just kind of go from one place to another and just kind of travel around and make money, and that and also that way, like they wouldn't get creepy, to, like the regulars wouldn't get too attached, right. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yep Which I think is really important Because technically This is the group of the,
1: They have to rely on themselves Especially at this town Especially at this time And depending on where you go And it seems like They, they all talked about What you did see uh, In this case Specifically With sex workers Having to use their own Interior protection system And saying like This place is creepy There's a guy here That's creepy That comes around all the time Robert Hansen, Robert Picton, Gary Ridgeway They were all on short lists For creepy dudes That were around and they were well known for a long time. Of uh, There's a couple of creepy guys. The problem is, is that if someone wasn't plugged into the circuit and knew exactly
4: what was happening, then they would be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And the circuit thing, like that was if a woman was a professional. Some of the women coming into town Anchorage, they'd only stay for like a couple of months, usually a summer, and make a quick anonymous buck before heading back down to the lower 48. All right. So since so many women were in and out of town constantly, disappearances weren't taken too seriously, and as we're going to see, pretty much any other crime committed against a sex worker in Anchorage wasn't taken seriously either. All of this made Anchorage the perfect place for Robert Hansen to develop into the worst serial killer the state has ever and hopefully will ever see. So pretty soon after Robert and his wife Darla arrived in Anchorage, Robert earned enough money to open up his own shop in a mini mall on the corner of 9th and Ingra on one of the main thoroughfares of Anchorage. Now, this was a great spot for business, but it also put, Robert, close to the Tenderloin District of Anchorage, Tenderloin being the name often given to American red light districts. Oh, right. It actually has its uh, origins here in New York City, the uh, theater district in Manhattan. That was the that the
3: Tenderloin? Yeah,
4: from the, the late 19th century to the early 20th century. Oh that, was, that was the Tenderloin because there were so many bribes thrown around. A
2: police chief said, I used to be eating chopped beef, but now I'm going to be snacking on the Tenderloin. Going.
1: It's a delicious kind of beef, but the in San Francisco it's a terrible neighborhood. Poor that that poor place is very uh under under um, <laughs> yes, which San is Francisco's it's very intense. Apart. Um but it's I wonder if he did the same thing, right? Where did Robert Hansen actually go to this part of town do you think because
4: he knew that he was giving himself one of the little allowances? I don't think so. I, I think Robert Hansen... Or subconsciously? Uh, I th- Maybe subconsciously, but I think he was a Bit of a product of his environment, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, well, uh, I well, he's got the previous shit, maybe in Iowa. Yeah, well, by well, but that's the thing. I don't. We actually looked into it. I had uh, research assistant Annie look into the whole Iowa thing. There's nothing to that. that okay, uh, he was just that, thinking about it. Yeah, the claim because one of the investigators and all of these in, these investigators in this case really like to ramp up how bad bad Bob Hansen actually was, uh-huh. uh, and they'd say they just kind of offhand through like you know i think he was doing things back in iowa but there was there's nothing to support that, says that he did anything yeah. up until about like 1971 okay uh, and by like product of his environment like i don't mean that anchorage made him what he was i think anchorage gave him the opportunity to be what he wanted to be I I think if he would have stayed in Iowa, he probably never would have done any of this shit, or at the very least, it wouldn't have gotten to the point that it did. Uh, It's probably
1: a very classic, what we see a lot is kind of like a 60-40, where there's like a 60%, it's in his makeup, it's in his DNA, he was going to do it anyway, and then the 40% is the random things that sort of lead... The way That show Mm -hmm. what Show what to do Because as soon as I imagine he shows up His shop is right next to Where all of the sex workers are That whole red light district He's watching them Come and go And the more and more He becomes obsessed With them coming Out of the shop Watching Mm -hmm. them Watching all stuff And he's like Oh wow Nobody knows Where these women Come and go You start to realize These people disappear All the time uh, And come in and out of town And that maybe Just maybe This is where I could Start doing my weird shit
4: Yeah And uh, the Tenderloin in Anchorage, it was no different from the rest. I mean, this place, it was home to as many strip clubs as an Alaskan could want, and most of these strip clubs had at least a couple of women who were willing to go further than just to dance. But for Robert, Anchorage was not about the women at first. At first it was about the hunting and this was where hanson's nerd flag truly flew see today's nerds have it easy with the internet you can just go on the internet and you can you know talk to people with whatever nerdy shit you want to talk to them about but back in robert's day nerds had to make do with doing it all through mail you had to be a, you had to go the extra mile for it and that is how robert started submitting his hunting kills to the pope and young club i
0: yeah. do Disgusting. not like
4: yeah, those two words together. Pope and Young. <laughs> and the Pope and Young Club dealt exclusively in hunting records set by archers. Whoa. And that is not to be confused with the Boone and Crockett Club. Oh,
3: of course not. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Smart, Lord.
4: Uh, and they only dealt with deer killed by gun.
3: Naturally. So yeah, you-
4: and sons beat by paddle. <laughs>
3: Perfect.
4: So in 1971, Robert set the record for the biggest ram horns bagged by bow and arrow, Mm -hmm. followed by the second biggest caribou, the 12th ranked mountain goat, the 13th ranked doll sheep, and the 34th ranked black bear. Doesn't count. Why does it count
3: 34th (laughs) you stop ranking
1: after 10 they do top 50 I think Uh, honestly 34th ranked black bear just sounds like a big
3: dog (laughs) it's it's really not that that big of a deal I mean we're not hunters though I have no clue I
1: I thought isn't there like a rhyme that's like brown lie down black go attack white say good night where it's about bears I have no idea why do you
4: know but bear rhymes I don't know, man. <laughs> go
3: to weird moose lodges to go to the bathroom or something.
4: The point is that Hansen knew how to hunt, and he loved doing it damn near more than anything else. However... I think it would be a mistake to think that it was his hunting that escalated into serial killing. Well, it wasn't
3: his baking. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. The baking got really
4: boring. I I would say the hunting's the more exciting part of it. He was just good at hunting. Yeah, he was great at it, and he loved doing it. But his escalation into killing humans, I think, came from another place entirely, which is the same place it comes from with a lot of these assholes. It was all about control. Well, what he openly
1: said... Several times Is that what he was good at Was wounding the animal And tracking it Until it died Yeah He would always talk about How happy he was He's like Yeah you get a nice shot in on him And then they get all weak And then I can get my hands on him It's just like It's very strange Where it's like I thought the the thing to do Was to like kill it like
3: really quickly like that's what you'd know. want well, to do
4: with a bow and arrow it's, it's totally di- yeah bow and arrow is totally different than like a rifle
3: I don't get it man you know when you're a baker you got total control over the muffins you got control over the donuts you got control over everything <laughs> and I don't get how that's not enough control for you
1: you can make yeah. cakes in the shape of titties you can they make could muffins whatever. in the shape of vaginas and then you can fuck you know, them and wreck them and do all just, weird ch- shit
3: <laughs> yeah they don't even just have to be female body parts they could also I, be leprechauns like uh, St. Patrick's Day or they could be little, uh, you know, just fun gnomes. Yeah, and
1: you could still fuck them until they fall apart.
3: You can do anything with a pastry.
4: <laughs> well, I think with Robert Hansen, it just so happened that his nerdy gun hobby just happened to coincide perfectly with whatever evil it was that lived inside him. The hunting was almost incidental. Now The beginning of Hanson's escalation began damn near 10 years before his first confirmed murder. Late one night in December of 1971, Hanson followed a customer from his bakery back to her house. He walked in and creepily asked for a date, and when she refused, Robert left, but the rejection festered. A week later, he returned with a gun and attempted a kidnapping, but was thankfully arrested in the process. I mean, this whole thing, like, this is like that, you know, the old saying is that, you know, men are afraid that women will embarrass them and women are afraid that men will kill them. Robert Hansen is that guy. Yes. Well, because also a part of it, too, is this is a
1: failure. That shows honestly he was um, not to it's I'm trying not to be like fucking gross about it but he was bad at this there's like, a good thing that because he, he couldn't become the predator he wanted to become quickly and I think that these failures it's what ramped him up to the craziness of hunting them out in the woods and being yeah. really fucking ornate with with being a fucking like villain like he wanted to blow this out of the water be- and this is the kind of stuff that led to it
3: because he just he just just he couldn't get it together. He's not Randy Orton, the apex predator. <laughs> is that a wrestler? Randy Orton, yeah, <laughs> Randy Orton. Oh, uh, he is very attractive, very attractive.
4: Well, I think you know what we're gonna see is how many failures he does. Because I mean, this first time he he was arrested almost immediately, and I think after he failed so many times, uh, he started thinking, well, what am I good at? And
3: baking. I- Stick with baking. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. You have a, you are you come from a long line of bakers. It's all set up for you. <laughs> good God.
4: I think what he came upon was that yeah, I'm good at hunting. I can oh, okay. I can I can hunt, you know, a deer, I can take down a bear, you know, with a bow and arrow, I can take down a woman. Mm. While he was out on bail from this arrest, you know, he went right back out and tried it at least one, if not two more times, with deadly consequences. This first one is not confirmed to be Hanson, but the MO and the time period is just too close to be a coincidence. On Christmas Day, just a few days after the incident with uh, the customer, cops found the body of Celia Van Zanten in McHugh Creek State Park. She had her hands tied behind her back with speaker wire, and she'd been slashed across the chest with a knife, but the wound wasn't what had killed her. Celia had escaped whatever fate her assailant had in store, but the temperature that night had been five below. Celia had frozen to death while hiding from whomever it was that had kidnapped her that night. Well, we're going to see. I mean,
1: it fits his M.O. later on, and that's why they're going to tie it back to her. But this is what it shows. She fought like a crazy person to get away from her assailant. This is a strong person I think person who like a stre- rational
3: person But mm-hmm.
1: but no but you know what I mean like she fought Really really hard she uh, Had street smarts and she was A survivor which is what allowed her to survive And this is a thing that Robert Hansen could Not deal with and one thing that we see with Serial killers quite often where they Have to go for the easiest possible Victim because they need to feel totally In control and what he eventually Started to realize is total he had to Control every aspect of the Kidnapping and in, a, in an obsession way because he wasn't physically strong or smart enough to outsmart these people who survived for a fucking living
4: mm-hmm. now Robert Hansen denied he was the kidnapper that night but the next woman to be kidnapped that winter was most definitely him when cops started a canvas working girls in the area looking for clues as to who could have kidnapped Celia an informant named Robin Patterson told cops she'd recently had a near deadly run-in with a short marked guy with a stutter Robin said she'd been kidnapped by Robert Hansen at gunpoint and had been driven to a motel where he forced her to have sex he then drove her to the wilderness parked the car and not so subtly told her he couldn't let her go but Robin actually managed to talk her way out of it telling Robert she hated cops and wouldn't in a million years talk to one so Robert went through her purse found her parents address and wrote it down he told her he'd kill him and her if he ever found out she went to the cops just like all the girls he killed before. Now Robin took him at his word and didn't say a thing until her handler eventually convinced her to make a report. I have
1: a theory on the inside of this. I think what maybe happened is that she realized what was happening and flipped to start talking to him emotionally. Because she said the last thing that she remembers hearing him say is that when he dropped her off is that he said, I wish we had met under better circumstances. And yeah, so, that him
3: kidnapping her and having yes. her at gunpoint? Yeah, yeah so I What do mean, you guys think?
1: But he's disgusting. But what what she probably did was like you're cool. Like you could. Choose. She probably had to lean in and try to like manipulate him because that's what he did. Because then he kind of fell in love with her and and did the thing because she switched from whore to Madonna in his mind. And mm-hmm. then you're gonna see that a lot in his mo where he would he would pick and choose who he
4: murdered depending on
1: how they reacted to him.
4: But one thing Robin made sure everyone knew, saying it as often as she could, there was a further deformity that Robert Hansen was hiding from the world. Uh Uh-oh. Apparently, Robert Hansen's dick was, quote short but very large around earning him the nickname dimple dick for years to come I wish that it was what I wanted it to be which is hockey puck
3: well <laughs> not happening
1: but think about that think about the psychological nature of that which I think that people if you have a micro
4: penis this is not he's got a round he's got it's a big like, a, like a dog muzzle
3: Ugh. Ugh. alright I don't want to talk about this weird dick anymore
4: Now, when cops brought Hanson in, they did have one piece of evidence. He'd used an alias to sign in at the motel with Robin, but that still gave cops a handwriting sample. And when they asked him to empty his wallet for comparison, a little piece of paper with the name and address of Robin Patterson's father fluttered out onto the interrogation table. Now, you got to think on this one. They got this guy dead to rights. They got hard evidence that actually puts him at the scene but one of the cops argued that they needed a search warrant for the wallet saying that if they didn't get a search warrant for a suspect's wallet then the paper might be deemed inadmissible. They were just trying to technically
1: they were trying to cover their, all their bases but also it sounded like they didn't want to do a lot of work and also Robert Hansen ran a goddamn bakery where all the police got their fucking donuts yep. where ah. they were hanging out with them all the time which is the truth where it's like these cops knew this dude. They knew that he was fucking insufferable nerd but they also thought that we'll give him a shot. We Who knows what it's what's happening with these sex workers. I don't trust them. But also the the, the way he got the Pa- the writ of the paper is ridiculous the dude was turning around while he was the, the piece of paper fell out of his wallet with the address on it dude turned around and out some paperwork robert robert hanson leaned down and pick up the piece of paper guy turns back around he's like what's that piece of paper you got he's like it's uh for my parole officer it's important i have the paper and he's like all right takes a piece of paper, (laughs) writes down what's on the paper, and he's like, you
4: could have the paper back. We just need to know what it is.
3: (laughs) Fucking asshole.
4: Okay. Yeah, and then he crumpled it up, put it in his pocket, and that was it. And and with that, it was just... Robin's word against Robert's word. And that's when Robert's friends came in. See, Hanson always had friends in relatively respectable places, like insurance agents who went hunting with him, or his wife's friends from church would come in, and they all vouched for Robert. And they'd even give him, like, fake alibis sometimes.
1: Huh. Well, Jackie actually illuminated something to me about uh, Anchorage because her ex-boyfriend had family in Anchorage. And there's a little bit of a, because there's so many outliers out there and it's such a place for... Uh, I mean, honestly, loners and people that are running from other places, they protect each other quite a bit. There's a Mm. lot of uh, there's a lot of distrust of the police, especially back in the day. And they kind of believed in a little bit of vigilante
4: justice, like we will
1: police our own people.
4: All right. Right. And the other thing, Hanson and millions of other criminals throughout history had going was that these cops saw the sex workers in their town as nothing more than nuisances and certainly nothing to protect. Robert Hansen was about to learn that lesson firsthand. He pled no contest to the previous assault charge on his customer, and in exchange, the DA dropped the kidnapping charge involving Robert Patterson and Captain Ron Rice of the Anchorage Police Department. He put it perfectly when he said that they pretty much told him he could do whatever he wanted to with the prostitutes Anchorage because the cops didn't give a shit about him either. It was like it's a fucked up thing. He just said it's just straight up. He's like we accidentally gave him permission. And yeah. we didn't know, no, know. that we did.
3: They gave it to it on purpose.
4: But. Yeah. Uh, this was even beyond guys like Picton and Ridgeway. It wasn't just that the cops weren't investigating disappearances. It seemed as if they were actively looking for ways to let Hanson off the hook. In 1973, it happened again with a school teacher from the lower 48 who was moonlighting as a dancer in Anchorage. And that time, Hanson got away because the Anchorage DA wouldn't let the woman testify through a mediator because she was a school teacher you know she thought that if she testified it was going to get back down to her bosses and she would lose her job forever I don't really understand these kids are not going to see her titty pictures
1: anyway like why does it matter this is not in the now where you can just look up on the internet or whatever oh I don't know that's no, not nah, true
4: no, Things not travel. True. people talk people things travel people talk even now a woman would lose her job oh forever. it happens
3: all the time the New York Post makes sure to put them on the cover
4: yeah exactly this, that's, that's horrible no it's awful it's fucking it's stupid what did put Hanson away, though, at least temporarily, was something that I suppose the establishment of Anchorage valued a hell of a lot more than the women of their town. He got put away for a chainsaw. So in 1976, Hansen witnessed an overweight man having a heart attack outside of a Fred Meyer superstore. And this reminded him of his father, who was also a fat man with a heart condition. Huh. And that reminded him of that Christmas was just around the corner. A baker,
3: huh? <laughs> a fat man with a heart condition, a.k.a. a baker.
4: <laughs> so Hansen walked inside the store, picked up a chainsaw for his dad, placed an old receipt for something or other on top of the box, and tried to walk out the front door. Mm. But, of course, he was caught and arrested almost immediately. Now, this wasn't Robert's first foray into theft. By this time, Hansen had turned into a full-blown kleptomaniac, as a lot of these guys do. A lot of time, kleptomania is what happens on the way to the serial killing because it's about thumbing your nose at society. And they brag about it. This is
1: a thing that Robert Hansen used to do while sitting there. He used to have a window area where he used to decorate his cakes and all of his shit. And guys would sit there and they'd jaw all day. And it's Mm. just him telling all these funny stories about how he liked to steal. And then half of them are cops and they're all laughing at it.
3: You know, Mm -hmm. and then in frosting on the window, he would write, if I did it, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is fascinating. Uh,
4: This is what Hansen said in his confession about his kleptomaniac habit. And this is is an exact quote. I have a thing about taking
1: things, because I just love to see if I can get by with it. My gosh, I damn near... E- ejaculate my pants if I could walk into a store and take something and get out the, 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 the dang door with it and not pay for it. I-
3: Honestly, man, I was a bouncer for multiple years. Uh, if you do ejaculate while stealing, you get it. You can actually keep it. I will pay for it for you because it's obvious this is really important to you.
4: So for the crime of stealing a chainsaw, Robert Hansen was sentenced to five years in prison. He'd be back on the street in 16 months, and at about a year after that, the murdering would begin.
3: Yikes! Fine. That was what they—they they were super pissed about the chain. So I mean, I guess in Alaska you use it for multiple things. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I,
4: I, guess. I guess it's like stealing a horse in the Wild West or something. Sure. But they took that damn seriously. Good Lord. But it, it could also be that the uh, the judge looked at the. The The resume The resume He could have looked at the last few times Like okay this guy's been arrested And questioned for this And got off He's been arrested And questioned for this And got off These are different incidents Different women You know this guy's just been Getting away with shit So we're gonna give him The maximum sentence Mm -hmm. That could have also happened It might be that the judge Actually did give a shit Maybe I just
1: didn't like his fucking
4: face How many times Judges just look at you Just been like I hate your fucking face
1: and the way you talk. I'm going to throw the book at you.
4: Yep. <laughs> no, we don't know the real name of Robert Hansen's first victim. In the first, in a series of weird, very Alaskan names given to the unidentified victims of Robert Hansen, this first victim came to be known as Eklutna Annie. All right. Please, conv- I honestly though,
1: there's a little, there's a couple of these pronunciations that I'd love to know if it's real or or, or fake because I have no idea how to pronounce some of the because these. I think
3: it's a according. To the frozen ground—that was how it was pronounced. Eklutna, Eklutna—is that Eskimo? It's not uh,
4: Eskimo. Inuit. Is Eskimo, Eskimo is, a bad word? Eskimo is a slur, actually. What? <laughs> is igloo not good? Igloo's great, but, but they, they have
1: ninety-seven words for snow. Uh-huh. Do they have like forty-seven words for seal? All right,
3: this <laughs> isn't time to educate you on everything about the Eskimo. No, Inuit. In- Inuit.
4: Inuit. Now. In the summer of 1979, Bob kidnapped and drove his first admitted victim out to a Gluttona Lake just a few miles northeast of Anchorage, probably the first time he ever took a victim out into the wilderness. Now, it's almost certain that Robert did not intend to kill that night, as it almost always is. Things got out of hand, the girl ended up dead, and Hanson found that he liked it. It could be that Robert got overconfident here. You know, After all, the woods were his element. So in this of all places, things should go smoothly. But not too far into the trip, Robert got his truck stuck in the mud.
2: Mm.
4: And At this point, it seems like Robert just got embarrassed. And he told the girl that he'd lost interest in the whole thing. And as soon as he got unstuck, he was just going to take her home. But she didn't believe him. And she took off running into the darkness. So Hansen chased after her and grabbed her hair. She pulled a knife out of her purse and started swinging. Hansen wrestled it away, threw it to the ground, and stabbed her to death. He tried it with another woman a couple months after that in his camper, but this one managed to truly escape. But again, it was her word against his, and that was even though she had showed up at a stranger's house naked with her hands and feet sliced up from being bound by guitar strings. Still, the cops took his word over hers.
1: Good Lord. These women keep showing up saying it's this fucking guy they this point guy. to Robert Hanson they say it again and again it's this guy it's really hard to fucking miss this guy he's the pockmarked nerd that runs the fucking bakery with oh, the stutter oh did you say he
3: runs the bakery <laughs> did it's like, you met,
1: oh it's the bakery
3: I like him oh I, I love, love those bakers they got a you didn't snap he's to the him the donut guy
1: oh <laughs> but it's true where it's like they straight up thought that he was they, they thought of him so pedantically they thought that this fucking fat bodied nerd same thing with the fucking Bumblebutt, as that they looked at this guy and being like, he can't do anything. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. He's a fucking worm. So it actually flipped the other way, where with Bumblebutt they liked him, mm-hmm. but with Hanson it was just like he's they fucking- tolerated
4: him. Yes, he's the guy from Toxic Avenger. He's not uh, somebody who's going to kill somebody. <laughs> Well, because the cops didn't do jack shit with that last woman, six months later, Roxanne Eastland became Hanson's second victim. And she was found only with Hanson's assistance after he'd been caught. But his third was found pretty soon after the murder in one of the most gruesome and bizarre ways I've ever heard. Joanna Messina had met Hanson at the docks in Anchorage and the two had gone out for dinner nearby. Messina kept telling Hanson that she was looking for work, giving a not-so-subtle hint as to why she agreed to go to dinner with some guy she just met on the docks in the first place.
1: And we're going to see this again and again. This is Robert Hanson's MO. He likes to uh, set it up so it's supposed to be more than just sex worker and client.
4: Yeah, because finally, she just got tired of hinting and just came right out and said, I will have sex with you for money. Now, up until that point, Hansen was not planning on killing her. But once the proposition was made, she was no longer what Hansen called, quote unquote, a decent girl. Piece of shit. He said he never looked down on the girls who danced. But as soon as money came into the conversation, that woman changed from Madonna to whore. And that gave Robert the permission he needed to think of her as less than human. And once that proposition was made... Robert made the decision to kill, and Joanna Messina met her fate in a remote spot on the Kanai Peninsula for just that reason. But in a horrifying twist, it was not a human who found Messina's body first. And this is something that... I don't even know if this is out of a horror movie. This is something beyond Yeah, this a shit's fucking...
2: This is,
1: like, straight up just what makes Alaska scary because yeah. they would also talk about how, like, you can go hiking and the weather tr- changes so fast and so aggressively that you just disappear, and people are out there, like, and it's filled with dangerous animals. It's mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. <laughs>
4: Soon. <laughs> so when investigators arrived, they found that an endangered black bear had already made a meal of the crime scene and had left but when the cops were trying to salvage what they could the bear returned to finish what he'd started the cops tried to scare the bear away the best they could but the bear was only getting more aggressive the closer he got to the body he'd already partially eaten so the cops made a snap decision between the bear and the crime scene and the bear lost thing was according to the establishment Anchorage they had plenty of hookers but bears, those were in short supply. And so, and so, at the end of the day, the goddamn bear got more concern than Joanna Messina. And that's
2: where we'll pick back up next time for the conclusion of Robert Hansen.
3: All right, uh, Robert Hansen, crazy story thus far. My God. Yeah.
2: I mean, Robert um, Hansen, these,
1: these fucking. It's, it's just. if Men are raised badly.
3: And he's, <laughs> he's, well, he, he said he did I don't it wrong. Know. He's just—he's a, a total asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Thank. Yes. Yes. I, don't, I mean,
3: a lot of people were raised a heck of a lot worse. Uh, yeah. Than Robert Hansen. And so it turned it's out not his father's fine. fault. He just wanted yeah. to run a fucking bakery. All right. Let's do some. Uh, what do we want to do? We want to thank everyone for Patreon. Uh, of course. Thank you all so much. Uh, for contributing to our Patreon. Without you, none of this is possible. I got a creepy pasta coming out, I think on Monday or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be scary. Yeah. Oh. So make sure to listen with friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, thank you all so much for uh, for contributing to that.
4: Yeah, and if y'all want to give to our uh, Patreon, you can go to patreon.com uh, slash Last Podcast on the left. We could not tell you guys uh, how much you've changed our lives yep. and helped us to uh, expand this uh, little operation that we call the Last Podcast Network. Yeah,
3: and thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network seven, uh, uh, movie sign with the mads. Abling's top Pad. We got sponsorships. So and thanks, yeah. um, everyone who filled out that survey for Abling's top Pad. Hopefully, we sell you products, Many products, advertised products that you actually use, as opposed to just ED medication. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have the backup.
3: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, true. just that's in true. case,
1: just to make it so it's hard, so it hurts. I don't remember have done that. I do one of those yeah. bodega like? Oh, definitely. Not. Those will
4: kill you. Yeah, don't yes. take horny goat weed. Horny goat take it. weed. I don't yeah. take it don't, anymore. Or that, um, and a pill or that weird uh, one that shows Ryu's ass while he's going to town on
3: Chun Li. Who makes those? <laughs> I honestly have no Some idea where those are created. And yeah. Honestly, people make money off of these. I want to thank
1: the people that sent me a literal pile. Yes. of coffee and hot sauce. You know to make what- sure that my asshole is a <laughs> barren wasteland for the for anybody. Like I I I can't I, the I, poor doctor that will yeah. have to give me a prostate exam soon um, but I want to thank first of all Evan Orphanidis you gave me some very sweet gifts from Alaska this smoked salmon vodka that he gave me that I'm going to take at the end of next episode so you all hear my reaction to it live um, I technically have to drive after this or else I would but it's pink
3: mean yeah, you showed us a vodka. picture: smoked salmon vodka. It's a, I don't know what to think about it. I don't either. It, maybe in a, bloody mary, vod- maybe. maybe. maybe a Bloody Mary. Maybe. Maybe a
1: Bloody Mary. I'm excited. I actually think it'll taste pretty good. Uh, I want to say thank Michaela Denny. I want to thank the people from Ballyhoo Hot Sauces, Onyx Coffee Lab, somebody sent me from from Arkansas this fucking nice little coffee. I want to thank Springhill Jack. Oh, oh, where do we go for that <laughs> Spring Hill Jack coffee? Is really very nice. I'm excited to try it. Um, The uh, Chocolate Sparrow sent me some coffee, uh, and I am going to drink all of it and never be the same. Have you been
3: soliciting coffee from people? Why'd you get all this coffee? He did solicit coffee. Did he really?
4: Yeah, he solicited coffee last week, and... uh, People sent a shitload of coffee. People answered me, and it was really incredibly
1: nice. And also, check out Eatin' Out with Nadia White, the the competitive eating show. I went to go see her eat with a bunch of other competitive eaters at a place called Big Mamas and Papas, where they make the biggest deliverable pizza that exists. And I got to tell you what, it is
3: fucking devastating to watch. (laughs) Yep, saw some pictures there. Interesting indeed. It was. Maybe a little hungry for pizza, a little a bit. A little bit. I um
1: I am sort of turned off
3: from pizza just <laughs> really? watching them do it. Well, they uh, d- towards the end of an eating competition, it all becomes a mush, and you got to eat it with your hands. It kind of it, kinda, it causes, falls apart. It like got
1: pretty. Time. It got pretty brutal. Um, but follow nasty. us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You and Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasti at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel the number one. And follow Last Podcast on Left, and all of the horseshit at LP on the Left.
3: Alright everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan! Elgin. Hail me. Let's do a Magoostalations And anything else but coffee.
1: If you want yeah. to say, cause I'm I'm loaded up.
3: Are you have. You're fine. You don't need what do you need? Shoes? Like- Send me I, shoes. I need
1: <laughs> I need guns. Send guns. <laughs>
3: You're not allowed to ship those anymore.
1: No,
4: you can't. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you
3: damn Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're oh, Unbelievable,
4: <laughs> right? You can't even ship guns. And if you, if you feel like me and Ben need anything, you can send that to Last Podcast on the Left, P.O. Box 1870, Long Island City, New York, 11101. I need nothing. Magoostalations.
1: <laughs> See you, fuckers.